When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after viewing the starting, the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live, as always, on the Captain Lou Sports Network, powered up by the Belly Up Media Group, bellyupsports.com. Check out our website, bellyupsports.com, and uh, you can see the complete lineup of podcasts and uh, the great hosts that we have, including our special guest coming up momentarily, Brett Radlinski from the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. One of our nominees, by the way, for podcaster of the year here on the network. So can't wait to talk to Brent. We got a lot to talk about. Again, we are on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Check us out, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or if you want, you can drop us a line at uh, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. I don't know how long we got to say that anymore, but uh, at Real Captain Lou. Or follow our Facebook pages, Lewis Gamlin or the uh, Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are brought to you, as always, by SeatGeek, the official uh, secondary market of uh, Belly Up Sports and the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Use the promo code Captain Lou when you go to SeatGeek.com. There's still tickets available for Lions home games, the season finale against Minnesota. Who knows, maybe even a playoff game at uh, Ford Field. Hold your breath. Come on, we might be able to get it. SeatGeek.com. And we're also sponsored, as always, by Macintosh and Associates, your financial services group. All right, without any further ado, let's bring in our guest. He's uh, always gracious with his time, uh, Brent Radlinski, the host of the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. Brent, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you before we get going. How are you? Yeah, I guess it is that time of year. Lou, how are you doing, sir? It's a pleasure to be on your show once again. It's been a long time, no talk. 
I agree. And uh, it's been way too long. I hope you've had a good fall. I, I know you're busy doing a little moving around. So yeah, moving and shaking across the, uh, across the, the city here a little bit, but always time to uh, talk some sports with you. There's no getting, no getting around that. All right. We got a lot to go over that I want to cover with you. And first of all, talking about big money, there's nobody else that's a happier right now. I think in the United, in the United States and maybe Japan, unless if somebody wins the Powerball, but that's a Shoei Itani, $700 million. Not really surprised at going to LA, Brent, but you know what? The way that it went about, he did it his own way, didn't he? Well, what, what, what made me laugh about the whole deal was I, like up here in uh, Canada, they were talking about, uh, you probably heard about it out there in Michigan, is the, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays talk was pretty hot and heavy. And there was a flight trackers like NORAD Santa tracker going across the country and everything else. And then they had uh, Otani was going to be in Toronto and the deal was signed, sealed, delivered. And then it just kind of went away. And then the next day when I heard it was 700 million, I I was shocked. And we, we kind of joked about it for about a year and a half now, two years since, yeah. the, since he started going. I thought like a billion dollars, we were joking about a billion. Yeah. And then and then I thought, you know, he's probably a $40 million pitcher, $35 million pitcher. And then he, the more power numbers he put up, you thought judge money. And then plus the, the uh, you know, J- uh, Japan money that he, he brings in, a billion wasn't out of the question. And now that $700 million, uh, that became reality pretty quick. And I, I was I – was, I was shocked and I still have to this, like, yeah, we went to a Christmas party later that night and I, and I was talking to some guys who aren't really sports guys and they asked me, they said, uh, is it true? He got 700. I said, yeah, 70 million a year. And they were shaking their heads and good on them. I mean, if someone's going to pay you, take it. Yeah. Right on. You know, and the thing about it now, the next thing with it is the deferred payments. He's going to defer 68 million a year. I guess, you know, I, I don't care what he does with it. But my question, Brent, and I don't know if you can answer this. I mean, you know, they say that there's still going to be 50 million of it for ramifications for the luxury tax. But, you know, if I, I don't know if more ball players do it in baseball, wh- what's the big deal with it being deferred? I mean, I know he's going to get it in 10 years or whatever. I, I just. That whole I thing th- still kind of puzzles me a little bit. For for what he's doing, because if, if it was seventy million against the tax, the, the yeah. tax threshold, so now it's only twenty four. It, it'll be forty okay. against the tax threshold instead of seventy. Okay. So now that it, so that's kind of a deal. It's just like having a uh, an Aaron Judge on your team in comparison to having two Aaron Judges for one guy. I mean, the Dodgers. I don't think that they have uh, really cared about the tax threshold over the years, and they, I think they're at a point right now is if they. Uh, they got the deal done, and they were like happy with that. And then this was just an extra bonus uh, that they got. So it was a, a tax threshold thing, and that's all it was. And maybe to bring in another guy to maybe because uh, Otani allegedly wants to win because he was offered the same deal basically by the Giants because the Giant the, the Otani group showed San Francisco the deal said if you guys want to match it then he'll pick he'll pick what team he wants to go to and he basically said I'll stay at my home in Santa Monica wherever he lives down there in Southern California and. Uh, he it, it kind of shows that he wants to win. I mean, if he wanted to win that badly, would he have taken thirty million? Sure. That's our that's our story for another day. But I, I like when when athletes say I want to win. Well, how much of, of a haircut are you taking on your paycheck? So uh, it kind of talks out of both sides of his mouth, in my opinion, on that because uh, he still took seventy million bucks a year, and it, whether it's deferred or not, because he made fifty million or plus on endorsements that we we know of last year. So right. it's not like the, the boy's starving for any money. You know, and the Dodgers are going to make money off of them. There's no doubt about it. I don't, I, I don't begrudge him for doing it. You know, if you like, you said 
get as much money as you can because you know you know the Dodgers based their television contract along with the Yankees they're in another stratosphere as opposed to somebody like Detroit or Kansas yeah. City or Milwaukee um but so that begs the million dollar question is this going to put them over the top in the next four or five years but well, you, know, you and I have mentioned this many times Brent yeah. I call them the Atlanta Braves of this generation you know they get there every year but they can't get over the hump you know, they had that one World Series in 2020. I don't know how much you kind of, Dave, my co-host, calls it three-quarters or a yeah. five-eighths or a World Series kind of deal, one of those things. And I, I, next, one of those things. So, like, they haven't done anything since, like, they're, like you said, they've been licking the jar for a lot of years. Uh, they're there no matter what every year and year in, year out, and they spend a lot of money every year, and they get nothing for it. I mean, uh, second place is still the first loser, no matter what you what you say, and you, and you can hang all the, the National League pennants you want and the National League West pennants up in up at Chavez Ravine there, and it don't matter to anybody. Uh, does this put him over the top next year? I've only seen one DH in, in my history because next year he's just a pitch. He's just a, a hitter yeah. next year, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I've only seen one DH in the history. Excuse me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, but it was it was uh, Paul Molitor back in 1993 going to the Jays. And that's the last oh. time I've seen a DH do anything, right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things. I've never I've never seen a DH uh, year one. Uh, do anything for them. They all, they have Freeman, they have Betts, uh, but their pitching staff isn't isn't anything to write home about. I no. don't think I don't think this does them a whole bunch of good uh, next year, the year after maybe because when he's pitching. Uh, but how how's that show, that uh, Tommy John surgery going to hold up? And we talked about this on uh, on our show on Monday night. Is that he's only got X amount of years to pitch, so he's got right. like three or four years after next year probably to to to, to be a pitcher, and so. That seventy million bucks—it's it, not. I don't think, and people are people have been persecuting me all week about this take I have, but I think it's 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 not a great on-field investment. It's a fantastic off-field investment because the money the Dodgers are going to make on that deal is is uh, head and shoulders above the, the seven hundred million. I mean, they're going to make the Dodgers don't don't do anything without that that Guggenheim group that uh, Magic Johnson's part of that group and everything else. They the they don't do anything without having dollar signs in in their uh, rearview mirror. And so this was more of an off-the-field move more than an on-the-field move, in my opinion. Well, you bring up a great point. Look at some of these long-term big-money contracts. Well, we're big money at the time. Uh, uh, Albert Pujols. Nothing. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. I really mean, nothing. That's one hits close to home. I mean, even A-Rod is second one. You know, I mean, towards the end, they ended up buying him out. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Your take is, is well-founded. I mean, he's going to have to prove it to me, Brent, that – He's worth on the field. He's worth that kind of loot. Now off the field, you're right. You know they're going to make their money tenfold because people are going to want to see him. Not, they already draw great the international money that he's going to bring in, oh. you know, like the, the the tours and everything else. It, like that's oh. that's the big deal, and that and that's where the, the the off the field stuff. Not and that's where it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, to and to defer the payments, everything else. Like it's it's just a. You just wonder if another, like if there was, I don't know, a team like the Yankees who tried to defer some money, what how they would have been persecuted. But because it was the Dodgers out on the West Coast, we kind of forget about them. Uh, it's odd. I don't, I, I don't think it puts the Dodgers over the top next year. Uh, they still don't have any pitching. Right. Uh, Walker Bueller's out. Uh, the they they haven't signed Kershaw yet, but he's also 17 years into his career. They say they're going to bring him back, but he just had uh, shoulder surgery. So you still you still got to pitch. And we right. saw in the, in the World Series this year, you had uh, an Arizona team that almost won with pitching, right? Yeah. And, and they they yeah. didn't because Cinderella never wins the way it turns right. out in Major League Baseball. But I don't think next year like a DH isn't, isn't putting you over the top, in my opinion. 
no. That's just me, but I, I've been no. wrong a time or two in the past. So, <laughs> At least you admit it. You know, I, I give you credit for that. Real quick, last thing on baseball. You know, I want to give you a, a question about the Yankees. With the, You know, they got uh, Soto and Verdugo. Um, I mean, they're going to, I mean, they're going to hit, they're going to have some power and they're going to have some hits, obviously. But again, the pitching is what I worry about with the Yankees. I, you know, I told somebody they're going to win 99 games, but how many are they going to win in the postseason? With they'll win nine, they'll, they'll win 90 to 90, 90, 99 games, but they're, they're, are they going to be able to, uh, outpitch their problems probably not right. they won't be able to score their problems sorry because they they have garrett cole and then who knows yeah rodon didn't do anything last year you don't know what you're getting out of the rest of the guys uh nasty nestor cortez did not have a good year last year at all and I, I thought all along he was kind of a flash in the pan there was a reason why he wasn't he wasn't signed anywhere for a number of years he's a, a journeyman pitcher and so what are you going to get out get out of a guy like that bringing soto in 100 percent that's going to help out judges stats it's going to be a show me year oh, for boy. soto because he's playing he's playing for a big contract that yeah. short porch in, in the bronx is going to help him out a lot and he'll uh yeah. he'll he'll and he'll he'll see a lot of pitches to hit because Judge is right behind him. So they're they're going they're going to score some runs, but they still don't have pitching. They have Garrett Cole, and that's it. And I kind of thought that maybe just because I heard this guy's going to the Dodgers too. The other uh, kid from Japan, that Yamamoto, but mm-hmm. I've already heard that's that deal is kind of signed, sealed, delivered to go to to L.A. already. That he because that's why kind of the deal that that. Uh, that Otani took that uh, deferred payment to give it to this Yamamoto guy who's supposed to be the next coming of pick, pick a guy. So hmm. the, the, this, uh, the money's out there and I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't blame the, 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 the players. I don't blame the owners. I blame the system for, for allowing this kind of crap to happen because you go to the other sports and there's a salary cap or, or whatever it may, might, might be, but these guys, like they, they don't care what they spend, and especially a team like the Dodgers over the years, they haven't done anything. You think they're, they're saying, you know what, let's, let's go all in or the Yankees, let's go all in. We've been spending a billion dollars over how many years and don't have anything to show for it in the last 15 years. So like it, it, it's the system. It's not the players, and it's not the owners. The owners uh, basically eat themselves alive, and so now the the players are basically saying, "Well, keep paying us. We don't care." Oh, hundred percent. You know, and they're not breaking any rules. You no, know, the Yankees have done have done this for years and years and years. Yep. You and I were, you know, you and I and Moses wore short pants. There you go. <laughs> you know, they've with uh, George Steinbrenner. You know, they've played within the rules and. That's just the way baseball is always going to be, I think. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's just a fact of life. Uh, you know, the big one quick thing, the big signing for my Tigers getting Kente Maeda, you know, and, you know, he's going to take the place of Eduardo Rodriguez. I like what Rodriguez and he, like, that's the, just the, him going to Arizona is going to help Arizona's chance. Oh, Cause sure. now Arizona, Arizona can put Rodriguez in as their quasi number one and take a little pressure off the guys who are rookies. Uh, that was a great, a great signing by, by Arizona, uh, Maeda, solid pitcher, but I think your uh, your Tigers are going to be uh, a couple of games away from a wild card spot, right. to say the least. Uh, yeah, I think so too. You so know. are the Yankees. Don't worry about it, Lou. You're gonna, and you guys are going to do it for about uh, two hundred million less. <laughs> right on. You know, and all I got to think of it could be worse. They could be in the same boat as my Detroit Pistons, but that's another game for another broadcast. Wow. You talk about futility and. It, it it breaks my heart in one regard. My son is a huge NBA fan. He's you yeah. know and he loves the Pistons and it, it's just you know he's like dad. I don't know what well, I've never seen anything like it and I haven't either in my lifetime. I mean 
you know, we've we've seen some doormat teams, but this is ridiculous. Not right? like that. And oh then, God, and the God. thing is, it's like there's guys on that team that are making a good chunk of change. Like it's uh, oh. like basketball players make make money hand over fist, and it's just like what are you getting for your return? It's it's crazy to me. It's absolute to, to be that futile. Uh, mm-hmm. like at, at this at this pace, I've yeah. never seen it before. I haven't never either. seen. It. No, not at all. Let's uh let's switch gears to the to the gridiron and. You know, the topic right now, obviously, in college football is uh, the college football playoff. The bowl season starts this weekend with the Dukes Mayo, Avocado, Mexico Bowls. Yeah. But, you know, we, we could spend an hour talking about that. But, you know, nobody's going to show up but the parents and the bands. But the college football playoff and the New Year's Six games, um, first of all, you know, it's been the topic, Florida State or Alabama. You know, Brent, I've gone back and forth on this. You know, I can. I, at first, I was very upset with Florida State not getting in. Um, you know, it, thirteen and zero. You know, they they won their schedule. My only comparison was, well, they let uh, Ohio State in with Cardell Jones. You know, back in twenty fifteen or whatever it was when they won it. But then I think I look at Alabama and I just and I they are I they are the better team. And again, I. I, I'm resigned to that fact now with Michigan and Alabama getting in along with Texas and uh, Washington. What's your thought on uh, Florida State or Alabama? I don't know if the I don't know if the committee got it wrong, but I don't know if they got it right. And I, I'm on the fence. It's been a week and a half now, whatever it's yeah. been, and I still am on the fence on this. And I just wish that. And now this will be the last time we're going to have to talk about this because it's the uh, they're going to the 12 team next year. But it's I, I love it personally just for the, the conversation you can have the sports talk conversation. It's great content for us podcasters. We're getting around that. But I my problem with this is that I don't think they got it right because. If you're not going to take in a conference champion, an undefeated yeah. conference champion, to, to, I should uh, um, excuse myself on that, and just put in an SEC champion no matter what, a Big Ten champion no matter what, then just tell us ahead of time. That's yeah. what you're putting in. And, and make that well known. Uh, and that this is what you're doing. This is what it's going to be because otherwise there's there's no room for debate. If it's – I don't – like you, you look at what Alabama, their season was. Yeah. They got beat by Texas early, and that we we've learned it over the years. That if you're going to lose a game, you better do it early. Because if you do it late, you're you're, you're screwed, right? Yeah. But they yeah. had they had some kind of stinker games. Uh, they should they should not have beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. There was a that trip up on the the uh, the punt return that that slipped yeah. and fall. So they should not have won that game. They had a pretty bad game against Texas A and M. Uh, against uh, who was the other one that was a very very uh, Arkansas Arkansas. So their their strength of schedule it, it was not uh, not great, and the SEC bias came through wholeheartedly because these teams are supposed to be good. Well, they weren't very good. And they, they beat up on a pretty weak schedule. So when people say that their, their schedule was better than Florida state's, I'm like, well, really was it? Because Florida state played some sec teams and they beat them and Florida state went undefeated. So, and and they won their conference championship so that they should have been one up on Alabama, but Alabama got in on, on namesake. And I would be, I would be hard pressed to keep a, a one loss Georgia team out over Alabama because that yeah. game was a toss up. And I don't see why um, Georgia, because if, if you're not, if you're, if you don't care about conference championships, which they obviously didn't with Florida state, then why should they care about the SEC championship game? If that's the precedent that they're setting. So it's one of those, I just find it really strange that because um, Georgia smoked everybody all season long. They had no hiccups yeah. and losing to a great team. Well, it happens. Like right. it's a toss up game. So I, I don't, I don't even think, I think that the team that really kind of got 
bent over the over the, the coals here a little bit was more uh, Georgia than than Florida State. If if that's the precedent they're setting, because you, you just wonder hypothetically if Oregon would have won that game, then you would have had two Pac twelve. Uh, Pac-12 teams with one loss, yeah. then you would have had no Pac-12 teams getting in, and Washington was was in no matter what. Come come uh, when they made the decision, so you wonder how it all. And so when you get, and you keep, even if you look, and this isn't against you, Lou, by any means, but I know you're a Michigan guy. But who did Michigan beat? Like if, if you're going by strength of schedule, because you, you, even you said it the other day, even their, their championship game, they played uh, Iowa. Iowa can't. Iowa didn't score a touchdown the last six weeks of the season, so they're not very good. That is the most unbelievable. I I got to tell you, I got <laughs> Kirk Ferentz. I got to tell you, I'll give him credit for one thing on this one, Brent. How the hell he got them to win ten games without scoring touchdowns? It's I have no idea. It's, it's unbelievable. That, you know, that, like, and that's the thing. Like you look at these, like the the Big Ten gets in no matter what, and it's some like the, there's some teams that are, these are not very good. Like yeah. like the, the the one game that Michigan had this year that was worth anything, and the, people say Penn State was ranked 21, but Penn State couldn't stop the, the, Michigan didn't have to throw the ball once. Yeah. So really, how good was Penn State? Like it's I, I Michigan had one game, and you you can only beat who you, who you play. Like that's right. one thing, but Michigan had Ohio State, and then that's it so far. Do they look good, great? Yeah, but if you're gonna if you're going to go by schedule, as the committee said, yeah, how much better is Florida State, or how much worse is Florida State than, than Michigan? Like that, right. the, they they that's the problem that the, the committee said and that has had all those years. It's great for for talk like this, obviously, right, right. but they. They talk out of both sides of their mouth, and you and like most of the time, it takes care of itself. And you kind of have an idea every year. Like if we were, Lou, if we're sitting here on the on the thirteenth day of December, two thousand twenty-three. I bet you, if we we do this a, a year from now again, and we put down four teams, I know it's going to twelve next year. I bet you, if we put down four teams, we get three of them right, guaranteed. And so we'll be, we'll be talking about the we'll be complaining about the thirteenth team that got shut out that, that didn't get put in. Yeah, that's exactly. Yes, no, it's it's. It's crazy the way it, it turned out. Like I, I don't know if they got it wrong because Alabama's probably going to end up winning their their game, and then and so they'll they'll and they have a very good chance because they're probably the best the best out of out of the yeah. four. I'd say that they're probably the strongest out of the four go, left over right now. Uh, Texas can really go, and Michigan does have a great defense, but Alabama has a good shot to win it. So what? It's just well, why even talk about it? So it's just an odd. It's odd the the, yeah. the whole thing. It's just yeah. I sorry about that. I, I get revved up about this. No, one no, it's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, we'll go. We'll segue right into that Michigan Alabama game. And I got to tell you, Brent, if Zach Sinner wouldn't have gotten hurt, and the other guy that took his place, I believe, or one of the guards is hobbling, and I understand he'll be ready to go probably January first, but Zinner's out. And I will argue with anybody. He was the best lineman in all of college football, bar none. And, you know, that that's going to be a tough loss for them to overcome. And, you know, Michigan's record in bowl games, one and six under Harbaugh, and you could go back to Bo Schembechler, who choked away a couple of national championships in the Rose Bowl back in the day. I am worried about that. I, I like that Michigan's favored, uh, but gosh almighty, I just, they just, floor, or Alabama's, defense i think may have an answer for the running game if they do you know i i i i don't know how to pick this one my heart says michigan but they got to win one for me to you know to really be confident i'm going in this one not knowing not at all and you know it, it yeah 
Lou, I, uh, I, I'm i with you. I, I think, and I think actually probably everybody's listening or watching the show later on or whoever is uh, right across, even I bet the, the college football playoff committee is hoping that, that Michigan wins this one to stop all yeah. the noise because Alabama kind of snuck in there on the on the difference. But like we were talking off air a little bit there, uh, I don't know how much I, I trust Jim Harbaugh, like we said earlier on, how, as the head coach against against Nick Saban. Uh, like you, you look at Harbaugh, he's been off the field, on and off the field this year, and the noise, and because you got to remember that uh, they they get treated like professionals and they play like professionals. They're playing yeah. in front of hundreds of thousands of people and millions and millions of eyes mm-hmm. on TV. But at the end of the day, they're just kids, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually, the noise around kids starts to get a little bit heavy. And uh, that's the thing with Saban's run teams over the years in Alabama. He runs such a tight ship with without any noise, without yeah. any noise backing them up. We're here. To, we're here to do a job. We do a business like. And I think that's going to be the X factor in this game. I think that Michigan's defense is good enough um, to win the game, but I don't know if they can score enough points against um, Alabama. Yeah. They can run the ball, but as was proven, like I said, against against Penn State. But what's Penn State? So, uh, but I, I think that they, the X factor is going to be because uh, there's going to be a lot of noise when you see uh, Harbaugh on the sidelines uh, once again. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. But I I'm hoping that Michigan wins this football game. I don't know if they're going to, but I really hope that they do. Because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm SEC'd out. I, I I'm too. personally, I'm SEC'd out. Like I, yeah. I know they're the they're the big bullies on the block and everything yeah. else, but sometimes they're uh, the SEC is it, it's not that good, and they get in just because they're the SEC. So I'm pulling for Michigan to win this football game. So one last one thing before we go to the next game in the playoff and the the scandal. The one thing that's interesting to me, Brent, and I have yet to hear anybody. The ones that are not that are saying that it's not a big deal are the former players in the NFL or the present day players. You don't hear any of the players complaining about it. It's the fans, it's Paul Feinbaum and the rest of the media, and it's coaches in the Big Ten like uh, Greg Schiano, uh, the AD at Michigan State, uh, the guy at Purdue, whining about it. And you know, all the players and the former players say it's very easy to do. It's called make adjustments. And I, that's kind of, I, I just, I chuckle at that when I hear that. And that's who I listen to. Do I think Michigan broke some rules? They probably did. But, you know, I just find that interesting. I, uh, I had an old hockey coach, and this is an old saying, no matter what. And he even said when he was playing table hockey with his son, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And there's a, <laughs> and, and there's a, and there's a reason why there's, there's signals in, in, uh, in, in sport, whether it be yeah. football or whether it be baseball. Otherwise, they would, uh, coach, third base coach would just yell bunt. Right. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a reason why there's signals and it's part of your job to uh, to make sure those signals aren't getting stolen. Was there something nefarious going on? Probably. Was yeah. there something that was that against the, the rules? Probably not. Otherwise, he would have got suspended for a very long time. So yeah. it couldn't have been it couldn't have been uh, that bad. They had to do something. They made it a one or two games, two game suspension. I think it was. They had to do something just to shut the, the critics up. Saying, well, they're going to win this game anyways. They're going to win that game anyways. So why bother? Not the Big Ten. Not the uh, not so much the game against um uh yeah. ohio state obviously right. but to have to have them that the really the outside forces not say anything i think it's a whole lot of feathers not much chicken harbaugh is a bit of a headache there's no getting around that he uh there is some things that follow him no matter where he goes and what he does, whether it's buying a hamburger for a kid, which I find a bit odd still with the NIL money that goes out to everybody else. But it's, uh, and then there's just things, but uh, like where there's smoke, there's fire, but they just haven't been able to nail him to the cross yet because he might not have been doing anything that wrong. Um, is, is he towing the line? 
probably, yeah. but um, yeah. It, yeah. If there, if there was, if there was something really nefarious, Lou, they would have they because the NCAA doesn't need that kind of a headache, especially nope. from one, especially from one of their their big programs, right? 100%. Like if it, if it was Montana State, then they yeah okay whatever let's let's do something about this. Right. But they don't need trouble from their from their from one of their big dogs. No. All right, let's go over to the other the other game on New Year's night. This one's going to be a dandy. You talk about this has got all the makings of a 58-55 game. You know, it's funny. Going into championship weekend, Brent, I thought Texas was going to be the best team. And then I watched Washington beat Oregon. And, uh, you know, they came in a nine-and-a-half-point dog in that game. And uh, Michael Penix Jr., to me, just played a whale of a game. I, I don't know. I'm personally, I'm rooting for Washington because I like Penix. I watched him in the Big Ten at Indiana. He's, you know, a successful guy. He's, he's a money guy. I'm not a huge uh, Texas fan, um, but boy, they're strong too. I, I think this one's going to be a shootout. I'm going to take a nap New Year's morning so I can stay up to watch that game New Year's night. Uh, but that, I think that could go up until midnight. And again, I, I could see over 110 points scored between the two teams. Texas can run. Texas, like they can fly. Like they can. Oh. They, like they, anything's in the air. It's a it's a track meet. No getting around there. But that Penix Jr. I could. I thought he was a Heisman guy personally. Was, yeah. But that little SEC bias came through again. And me right being on. out here in the, the West Coast kind of deal out here, I, I see a lot of the Pac-12. Which and that's kind of a tip of the hat to the Pac-12. That, that's me. The that's it for that's a swan song for them. And I, and I think that's sad yeah. for college football. But that's another story for another day, Lou. But yeah. it's uh, it's great. I think that Washington wins that game because I think Penix has what's going to happen one of those years and Washington and the Pac-12 has a bit of a chip on their shoulder over the years saying everybody forgets about us out here and uh, look at us now uh, but yeah. that like I said that Texas team to beat Alabama the way they did because that, that that game wasn't close back but that was way back in September a lot's changed but uh, Washington is can they 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 beat an Oregon team that can fly mm-hmm. and uh, Washington's real good and Penix is going to be the difference maker and when a guy kind of gets I don't want to say screwed out of one of those the postseason awards. Yeah. They take it to heart a little bit, and they say, okay, Ooh. jump my back, boys. I got something to prove, and he's going to be an, an X factor in, in that football game. I'm taking Washington to win that game. I Like you said, I'm going to be uh, behaving myself a little more this year on New Year's Eve so I can stay <laughs> up a little later for that game on uh, on New Year's Day for sure. You know, it's funny is we had a safe driving seminar at work today, and one of the things that brought – one of the instructors is a big football guy, and he said, now – you guys, you're going to have to use your DVR to watch New Year's Day games, especially if you can work on the second. I said, fat chance, man. Fat chance. I'll make, I'll it, work. I'll make it work somehow, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll make it work indeed. I'll make sure I get a light day on that day. We're joined, by the way, by Brent Radlinski from the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, one of our main shows here on uh, Belly Up Sports. You're watching the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. We invite you to become a subscriber to our network. We have some great shows on there, including the ACHA Power Play. Hats off again uh, to the folks at Hockey House Pod for coming on. Mackenzie Murphy last night and uh, Leo Morone from uh, Ohio University. One of the top teams in the ACHA and D1 the last 30 years. Always near the top. Uh, gracious with their time. It's a great brand of hockey. The Road to St. Louis 2024, March 7th through the 17th. Our weekly show Tuesday nights here on the network. Uh, Brent, um, Let's uh, go to the pro. Well, the quote-unquote pro side. Some of these guys rumored to be making tens of millions of dollars next year NIL, like uh, Marvin Harrison, if he stays. I heard. Did you? You must have read the same thing I did that he might be making. He might be staying in college to make more money. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's good for good on them, whatever, but it's wow. You know, yeah. speaking of that, real quick before we go to the NFL, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, you know, the basketball star, she signed a, a deal with Gatorade. And, you know, she still has one more year due to COVID to play at, at Iowa. Why would she go to the WNBA? She's got to be making $15 million a year in NIL money at least. Gatorade's got very deep pockets. There's no getting around you know, that. And, you know, and the way women's sport is growing, yeah. and like we can go on a little bit of a tangent here, women's sport's growing exponentially, right? So yeah. if, if, if Gatorade can get in there on the ground level and start it now and pay her Great. this much, and she becomes a, a spokesperson at every because called uh, women's basketball is on TV a lot more, yeah. and so and, and young girls are watching sports. I have a niece who's uh, 16 years old, so she's watching soccer a lot more. She plays she plays soccer as well. So there's a whole demographic there that's that's so untapped compared to what it was. 10 years oh, ago with women's yeah. sports because women are playing gir girls are playing sports a lot more so that like gatorade's just gonna hear and then nike's gonna go here and then why like you said why would you go and make less money in, in the wmba because let's let's face it and women's soccer is the same way but yeah. if these girls can stay in soccer and like because girls slow pitches or women's slow pitch or fast pitches it's yeah. huge at, at uh in, in in the states there in NCAA. Sure. get take it take it yeah. if you're gonna it's life-changing money while, while you're still in college take every penny Every hundred percent. Yeah. And I just, I'm happy for her that she's able to do that. And then the other gals, you know, from LSU and whatnot, they're able to make that kind of loot back to the NFL. Um, we're getting to crunch time. Got a, a month to go, uh, four games left. I believe to my mind right now, Brent San Francisco head and shoulders is the best team in the league. Uh, you know, they're probably going to end up with the, uh, top seed. And I think everything's going to go through, uh, the West Coast to, in the NFC. A hundred percent, Lou. They got two MVP candidates right now. I know the MVP always goes to the quarterback. The way it's kind of been been around the league for yeah. for a number of years now, it should, they should have two separate awards, like they have up here in uh, Canada, the most outstanding player, and then everything else. But uh, it's the MV. They have two MVP guys with Brock Purdy, and then you got Christian McCaffrey who uh, scores it seems like at will when he wants to. He's changed the way that 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 team has played when they acquired him last year from Carolina, I think it was. That San Francisco team is real strong, and they're going to get some. They've already clinched their playoff spots. So they're going to get some chances here to rest guys up a little bit. You don't want to give get guys stale, but you you want you don't want anybody uh, limping into the playoffs. And the way that San Francisco just rolled over Seattle last week and the way they, they made they made Philly look really average a couple weeks back yeah. and uh, I think I think they exposed Philly a lot because you saw what Philly did against uh, Dallas this past week which is a surprising thing how good Dallas is because eventually I guess every a, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while Lou, once it comes <laughs> to Dallas Cowboys but uh, yeah, that San Francisco team I, I, I can't see them getting beat by anybody in the NFC for sure uh, will they get beat up a little bit going through the playoffs because the NFC I, I think Maybe a little, a little stronger, but that Dallas team is pretty good. Uh, Dak Prescott's another MVP candidate, and usually when you have, uh, you're going head to head with the MVPs of, uh, especially ca uh, candidates that are going into the playoffs, they have something to prove. Like I said about the college football thing with, uh, with Pennick Jr., the, uh, you get something. At the, I think Prescott's finally, you know, saying jump on my back a little bit. Can they beat San Francisco? Uh, I don't know because they stopping that McCaffrey kid. No one's been able to do it yet. 
Like yeah. ever since he came out of Stanford, no one's really stopped him. He just nope. played on some pretty some pretty bad teams out there in Carolina. Uh, but that McCaffrey kid is, is something else, and they got the, they got the weapons to get her, get her done. And their defense is really good. Again, yeah. and that's the thing they they they've been able to find a way to play through. Um, they're not spectacular offensively, but they they're 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 really efficient. Yes, they're like they're they're, su- they're they're super efficient, and, and they don't make mistakes to 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 lose games. They they don't beat themselves. No, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest things. You know, in Dallas, you you mentioned them, and with uh, Prescott, he is probably going to win the MVP. I, I think in the long run because he's going to get he's got the Dallas media machine behind him. Yeah. Well, let's let's face it, whether you like it or not, it's reality. They are America's team, and you know you love to hate them or you love to love them, and. I still think he's got to prove to me, Brent, that they can win a road playoff game. And it's fine now. And I think that they will, they've got a good shot at getting the number two seed. And because I think they they may be able to overtake Philly, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I, and then Prescott's going to, he's going to end up getting $60 million a year in his next contract, which is coming up. Well, then he better find a way to win one this year because uh, yeah. as we as we've seen with a lot of these teams now that uh, now that they're having to pay quarterbacks, the the Kansas City Chiefs that uh, obviously yeah. you, when, once you guys start paying your quarterbacks uh, all that money and it's, it's it's right throughout the league that you're paying these guys 40, 50 million bucks a year, the rest of your team uh, falls behind a little bit. You can't have all stars every position, and you right. saw that a lot over like with with Kansas City right now. They're taking a step back. They're eight and five, making big mistakes, but that they weren't <laughs> making before because you know what you can only pay so many guys and the rest of the guys have to go. And, and, and that's one thing. And that's one thing that's great. That's, that's about, uh, about San Francisco. And you can see some other teams are doing it too. They're doing it with quarterbacks who are making, I don't know, 700 grand. I, I don't, I don't know the, the numbers a whole bunch, well, but you, you see these guys not getting paid a lot. And those teams see, seem to be just as successful as they would with guys who do get paid a lot. Because I, I do think that quarterbacks, um, they're a little overpaid because they're at such a, a premium to general manager's eyes in the off season. But now you got how many teams right now are playing their second, third, fourth stringers in Cleveland right. there with Joe Flacco, right? So now you have all these, these, uh, these guys making no money being very successful and guys who are, who are, who are sitting on the sidelines making how many millions of dollars and their teams were doing nothing with them. You look at that Herbert guy for, for the, 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 the chargers. He hasn't won a damn thing in how many years, right? Four years. What's he done? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. And you know, the thing is now the, the, the mindset I think is you're going to really have to show that you are a difference maker, a generational type quarterback, because you draft them in the first round, you can get four years out of them. Then, you know, give them that fifth year option and then you can franchise them for a couple of years. And if not, you can, you can still spend more money on the offensive line or a wide receiver or whatever. It's crazy. Um, well, you'll, you look at that kid that's uh, to, uh, Daniel Jones take a, a, a Tommy DeVito out in, yeah, in for the Giants. Yeah. He's, a, he's a sensation right now. For the Giants. I mean, the Giants aren't doing anything, but right. like they're paying that that DeVito kid nothing. He's still living in his mom's basement, and uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones they're going to pay him forty million bucks a year or forty five, I think it was, and they they weren't going to win five games. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. crazy to me. You look at some it, other it, teams and. You just you wonder what's going to happen with uh, like if with Rodgers coming back if 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 the because the, the Jets are not out of it yet but if they get another win they're in Miami this weekend let's say Rodgers says I want to come back and play and they got a two game winning streak you, are you going to say say uh, sit, well, sit in the bench like I I don't know I don't what do you do 
it's it's like, but you can't pay fifty million dollars for Rogers, not let him play. Well, like and it's, it's, yeah, and it's like uh, I read yesterday, or maybe it was Sunday or Monday, that uh, uh, Kirk Cousins has his twenty-one day window is open. They're saying that if Minnesota makes the playoffs, he will start that playoff opener. Um, and he's come back from that Achilles. So can you imagine Aaron Rodgers coming back after that and playing if they do make the playoffs for the Jets? I, I You wouldn't think because it's going to be – if they do get in, it'll be because of Wilson getting them in, right? Yeah. And so – but it's like that old movie, The Replacements. Hey, the guy came in at the end of the season when the strike was over and uh, and uh, Keanu Reeves is sitting on the sidelines, right? So it's yeah, the same yeah. kind of deal. Like it's not too far because you are you have a, a guy you're paying $50 million bucks to. Yeah. Guaranteed money, you, you got to play him. You got to. Yeah. And well, it's, it's crazy. And the AFC is turning into a crapshoot. I did not see Tennessee beating Miami. But, you know, and oh. Brent, as much as I hate to give Colin Coward any credit, he's he, – what did he call – what did he call Miami? The gravy you put on the mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, it looks good, but it, it wears out real quick. I mean, it's – I just – is Miami fool's gold? I mean, can Buffalo actually catch them? And, you know, Baltimore it just looks so dominant at times, but then they lay eggs. It's it's crazy in the AFC right now. The the Yeah, you got to eat a little crap to make the gravy taste good. I think <laughs> that's what, like, same old hockey coach actually told yeah. me that one too. Same guy. It's the same, same deal, Lou, that – the Miami hasn't beat anybody, and this is this is a, you, you hear so many things and you read so many things throughout the day, yeah. but they haven't beat anybody with a 500 record yet. Wow. And then to lose that game the other night, and I wasn't oh. very happy with the with the Dolphins because I'm only three uh, three games out of my uh, winning my pick'em pool. So I, that was one of the games, like you wow. son of a, I was swearing a little bit when, yeah, when, I, yeah. when that one ended there because I would, would have been two out, would have been the money. But it uh, the AFC is 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 good. Uh, like you said, Mahomes he lost his luster, I think, because he was a little bit. He's poopy pants. So he was he was uh, competitive. He was revved up after a loss, obviously, in the way that right, the right. Ref, But you know what? If you don't want the refs to beat you, don't let the refs beat you. Don't leave yeah. yourself in a situation. Play better throughout the game, and don't don't leave it down the last play of the game. And and that's what they seem to be doing. They're making a lot more mistakes. But that Baltimore team with Lamar Jackson, he's having himself an MVP type oh, of season. And and you you, you you laugh at Baltimore, and I think you're. you're you might be the same way as me. You don't think of Baltimore as anything but a defensive team yeah. because of what they did 20 years ago with Ray Lewis, right? That's one thing because you, know, you always think of of them being a defensive team with not a lot of offense. They just they, they, they grind it out and play the old AFC kind of football. But that team is really, really good, and I can't see anybody stopping them. The, the Buffalo Bills are they're, – they're such a crapshoot because Allen makes so many mistakes, yeah. and he he forces the issue kind of like uh, a Brett Favre did 20, 30 years ago. It's been a lot long since Favre played it in right. Green Bay. My goodness right. gracious, unbelievable! <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you look at that uh, that Buffalo team, and I think they're in they're in Dallas this weekend, so that's going to be a big game for both teams. Yeah. And if Buffalo can can put something together. Yeah, they have a really good shot at, at doing some damage and get a little bit of that mojo. That because everybody's been picking Buffalo for a couple of years now. Like they were the, the, after Week One last last season. Everybody all that they're your Super Bowl champion. Everybody, everybody had them written up. And they haven't done. They haven't done a thing. Um, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Like you had Ric Flair in the opening there saying. Yep. So the Kansas Kansas City still that team, but Kansas City has that deficiency with their, their receivers that they just don't have the weapons for Mahomes to go to and. 
and Kelsey's kind of, I think he's a little preoccupied with somebody there to, to make the big difference anymore. So I, uh, but you know, who's a team Lou that I, and I hate to bring this up because my co-host is such a big Bron- Denver Broncos fan, but for a team that started one and five yeah, and they're at seven and six or whatever it is. And they have your Detroit Lions uh, this weekend. Yeah. If, 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 if they can do something and they have a coach there that I'm not a big fan of with in Sean Payton, but he seems to pull He seems to pull that team together, but Payton, I hope they lose because one going because my co-host Dave and the other, cause I'm not a big Payton guy, but they are playing good enough to win mm-hmm. and Detroit. Well, they're, they're Detroit. So the, in the AFC, you just never know because Detroit seems to want to Detroit for whatever reason all the time. And yeah. yeah, well, here it is. Go ahead. You, you know more about them than I do, Luke. Cause I, I, I know my side of it, but I want to hear yours. Well, I got to tell you, I'm worried about the lions. Uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, their defense for starters, uh, their weaknesses have been exposed again. Now losing Gardner Johnson really hurt at the beginning of the year. That, I mean, that was such a huge pickup for him. But they're getting exposed, uh, and Goff is—you know—he's going through a stretch right now. His decision making to me is incredible, and uh, you know it—I'm uh, a little worried. I'm glad they got Denver at home this weekend. This is going to be a huge game. As a Lion fan, we're still not used to being in the spotlight like this. You know, I looked at the remaining schedule. You know, if we can somehow get two more wins, I think Detroit can still win the division. And uh, get to eleven and six. I think that'll be enough to win. The Packers did Detroit a huge favor by you know pooping the bed against the Giants. That I still can't figure that one out. You know the the NFC North is such a it's oh such a crapshoot because all of a sudden somehow Chicago's winning a game that they shouldn't, yeah. and it's just like how is this happening? And I think that the pack the Packers are they 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 got quarterback a little bit like love every he's next coming of the, the other oh two, God. and I you know, he's not that good because re- oh he, he didn't play enough. For, for a couple three years now, where he can be that difference maker. Yeah. Like when these guys, when these guys come out of college, they, they, you got to think they've only played, they, they've only been playing football at a high level for a couple of years, right? right on. And if you yeah. and if you're not playing for two for two or three, you're on the sidelines. Well, what are you doing? And uh, I don't think the Packers are that good. I, I think that they're showing exactly who they are and losing that game to the uh, to the Giants in a night in the fashion that they did. Uh, not a good, not a good sign. The Lions, I think, are going to be okay. They're they're already at that stage with four uh, four games left. I think that yeah. they're in that stage of the season where uh, they're already you, you you Lions fans are already being mathematicians. So that's a good sign when it when it when it's on, on the positive side of things. <laughs> when we win one and they win one, okay, then then we're in, and that's the kind of the kind of deal that they're at there. But golf. Goff is a manager of the ball. Yeah. But Detroit has to find a way. And this is a, this is this should be a calling card for the team right now, I think, to be the team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 1993 or whatever it's been and yeah. to say, you know, let, let's do this for the city, let, let's do this for this team. The pass is the pass and let's 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 band this thing together because the NFC is is, is pretty open. Can they win it? Can the Lions win a Super Bowl? Probably not, but yeah, no. you get in the big dance anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know, you're right. And there was a time where I thought Detroit could be the two seed, which I just don't – as much as I'd love to see it, they'd, they're they going to have to run the table. And I just don't see that happening. they got to go to Dallas. Jimmy Johnson, ring of honor night. That They're not going to win that one. They're, uh, you know, I'd be shocked if they win in Dallas. And so even if they won three out of four, that would put Detroit at 12 and five. They would still be a three seed. So they would get a playoff game. At home, which is what we're all shooting for. It's like you said, 93 was the last time they won the division. 
and they lost that playoff game to uh, Green Bay when yeah, I could still see Sterling Sharp doing jumping jacks in the end zone waiting for that pass. It's like, oh, my God, I have nightmares of that. Yeah. You know, but it, uh, you know, to your point, it's, uh, you know, the Lions, they, they're starting to get that winning mentality, but how are, I think they were reading their press clippings a little bit too much going into that Chicago game. And uh, they just, I don't know, they just fell flat, especially in the second half. I got and, a funny story about that one, Lou. My brother-in-law was visiting from uh, just down the road to Medicine Hat, and uh, he's, he's a big Bears fan. Okay. And uh, that was the Monday night game. And I, I said, are, are the uh, are the Bears going to beat the Lions? And I said, they aren't, they aren't going to beat the Lions. I, but I just wanted to have a conversation with him, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And I told him about the football pool. He goes, oh, yeah, Bears win guaranteed. I just, yeah, screw you, whatever. And shook his hand, <laughs> see you later. And I wish him on his merry way. You know, I was some kind of mad. I didn't follow James Michaelopoulos' uh, word on that one because that put me right there. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, the, the Lions just, they seem to do it. Now, I think they're, they're good enough. They started off good enough. And they gave themselves yeah. a cushion. Yeah. And that's that's one thing with, with these the short seasons. Like in, in, in baseball, you get to a bit of a losing streak. Well, it's, right. it's okay. You'll figure a way. But giving yourself a bit of a cushion. Uh, in the NFL, you start off five and one, six and two, whatever it is, where you can have a, a, an oops here and there. Because the league is so, I, I, point. I don't want to say it's mediocre, as Tom Brady said, but there, there's enough parity because there of be, because point. of its mediocrity. Like the, the NFL starts off like I, I've always said, eight and eight. So I'm, I'm for, it's always been sixteen games yeah, for yeah. me, right? But every team starts off eight and eight, or nine and eight, in my opinion, and they kind of whittle themselves in one way or the other. Right. It's kind of how I break it down. And it, everybody's going to finish off 10 and 7, 11 and 6, 5. Like, it's just the way it works. Like, nobody's – well, there's the, the two the two Southern Conference teams that, are, that aren't very uh, – old conferences aren't very good. But the, the, the decent teams all kind of whittle themselves into that just above mediocre, le- mediocre level. Everybody's has a two- to three-game stretch where, yeah, they stub their toe and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah um, we're running up against it. There's one more topic I want to just – get your opinion on as an outsider what happened in you know, we're going to go to the nhl real quick what happened in detroit over the weekend with uh dylan larkin getting knocked out and then uh peron retaliating in his behalf and getting six games you know i saw i saw larkin go down and i i turned my head for a second i had it on one of the tvs yeah. down here in the tavern here and i i Jeez, and he he was out like he was out cold. And it was scary. Yeah. It's like, oh, this he's not moving. Right. And then I saw the play, and it was just, uh, like, what the heck happened there? Because yeah. it it looked something that you see every game that's happening right now in junior hockey, college hockey. There was a scrum in front of the net, and there wasn't anything vicious. There wasn't anything. Um, that I saw that was out of the ordinary, but then you got in the, the nuts and bolts. We got something in the back of the head, but the original look of it was like Jesus. But then Perron Perron went over and he cross checked whoever it was right in the yeah. face. And that's the one thing that uh, with the director of player safety, like uh, uh, what's his name, uh, George Peros, that's yeah. the one thing that they really frown upon is any kind of stick work. Yeah. And it's it's such a crap shoot. Because there's been an influx of hitting from behind this week, and that's one that always scares me. Because hitting from behind that could uh, put a guy in a, in a wheelchair for life. Yeah, yeah. And so, how the NHLPA distinguishes one from the other is a mystery to me. Because if a guy gets a, uh, a slash across the face, uh, he, 
the worst thing he's going to lose is a couple of teeth and get a broken nose. And you look yeah. at that one that happened uh, with uh, what's the guy's name from from the Rangers a week and a half ago. Their captain, well, I can't think of his name right now, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. He slashed a guy in the Bruins right across the face, and yeah. he got he got he got a stern finger wagon. Don't do that again. Right, Five thousand right. dollar fine, and he, and he makes eight million bucks a year. So what's that? Nothing. And so the 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 way the NHL PPA and the, and the play like it's, it's something that's agreed upon with the player safety guys. I, I just find it odd that a stick incident that gives the guys some um, some uh, structural damage, I guess, across the guy's face, that is so frowned upon. I'm not saying it's a good thing by any means, Lou. I'm not saying that nope. guys should go around swinging their sticks like tomahawks, but I'm also saying that a hit from behind uh, gets nothing. Like a, a guy... The guy got need the uh, the kid from Winnipeg took a knee the other day. And he's out six to eight weeks, and Winnipeg's having them set themselves a hell of a season. Yeah. Um, and the guy who, who hit him, nothing. So, uh, like you go, like they they talk out of both sides of their mouth, and even Sidney Crosby, he doesn't say nothing. Like crap, his mouth's full of it, and he, yeah. he said that's the one thing I don't understand about the about uh, the league we play in is that the suspensions don't warrant the uh, the the the, the, the what, what what could happen. Like yeah. because a guy gets cross checked in the face and might lose a couple of teeth, that can be fixed. A spine right. can't be fixed, right? So I, I don't think a six I don't think six games was should have happened. Should Perron have done it? Probably not, but that's no. when, when you see your captain laying on the ice, not moving, that's probably just a reaction to hockey players. Uh, Canada and the United States are kind of, that's just kind of one of those instinctual things that I, I don't think it was a six gamer. I said, maybe, I thought maybe two yeah, just because, but what's, what, what, what do you think on that? Cause it was, it was scary. Like it was scary. Like I said, I, I didn't know how it happened. Like it, it just seemed you like know, it's a, a scrum that see, you see how many times a game. Yeah, it was odd. I don't, you know, I, to be honest with you, Brent, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's about fair. I mean, it might get knocked down to four uh, eventually because he's appealing yeah. it, but I just, I, I worry about that. And I'll tell you what, you know, and you see it at all the levels, you know, I broadcast um, ACHA games and I saw a hit that was clean and the kid hit the ice and not, got knocked out cold. They ended up getting the stretcher out the ambulance, the whole bit yeah. cautionary, the kid's okay. But you see hits like that, and it just whenever it starts getting to the back of the neck, like you said, and from yeah. behind, I just I know you're always going to have retaliatory hits. I just worry about that. If that guy would have got injured, that Perron hit, he would have got 20 games for that vicious of a hit, in my opinion. Yeah. So I I'm a Red Wings guy. I'm upset that they lost him. But they ended up winning last night against St. Louis, and then they ended up firing yeah, Craig Ruby. Fired, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he got fired because they got they brought up three guys from Grand Rapids, and they ended up contributing to that game. But you know, it's, it's crazy. Game. It's yeah, crazy yeah. how uh, how short people's memories are. St. Louis is only oh. uh, four four years away from winning the Stanley Cup, that they probably shouldn't have won. And yeah. it was because Craig Ruby was on behind the bench there, and the song Gloria was a big factor to do with that too. But yeah. you, you, it's funny how short memories are there, and it, it just like the the NHL is so funny like you like i have a buddy here he he uh he lines uh in the alberta junior hockey league tier yeah. two here in canada and he they're all wearing full face shields this year full masks compared to the half, the half shields he says just this year compared to last year the stick work that there is now because kids come up right in the guy's face and uh it's nothing it's nothing for him anymore because they know no. they know the guy the guy's protected right so yeah um, it's crazy that that the 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 penalties don't match the crime. No, a, a lot of times, right? No, it's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, it's one of those. Well, things. Brent, this hour is just about flown by. Uh, 
Before we go, tell us a little bit what you got going on with the podcast. I know you're extremely busy. You do a wonderful well, job. We got a lot going on here at World Headquarters. We got our, our website where we're ramping things up. So we're doing some writing on that on the 1420 Sports Bar. And then the 1420 uh, Sports Bar me uh, podcast, me and Dave do it Mondays and Thursdays. Um, we're in the middle of a move here from World Headquarters, a new <laughs> location here in the next week and a half. So I don't know how much more many shows we'll get out there for the holiday season. But uh, lots of uh, hockey talk coming up, uh, football, obviously. And then when something like the Otani signing comes up. We get that, the baseball talk in the off season, but lots going on here in our YouTube channel and everything else. So, uh, at underscore 1420 and at Brent Redlinski, you can find us. And, uh, yeah, we always got something going on. Always willing to come and talk to, to Lou and sports, and everything else. And we'll show, we should almost make this a weekly segment, Lou. We'd, uh, yeah. we'd break the airwaves. Well, you know what? We'll, uh, let my people get in charge in, in touch with your people after the holidays. I, I'm sure, I'm sure our budgets are, are, are about the same. So we'll be okay on go. that. <laughs> well, Brent, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. It's been great. Merry Christmas. Good luck with your move with the world headquarters. And uh, again, keep up the great work, will you? We're doing our best here. And uh, thanks to Belly Up Sports also for the nomination yeah. for the uh, curator of the year and all that stuff. So, no, it's a pretty pretty big honor to be nominated for that. So, it was kind of a kind of a nice feeling last, I think it was last Saturday or Friday, whatever it was. Heck, yeah. So, Well-deserved, by the way. Uh, you, you do a wonderful work. Can't say it enough. Well, hey, everybody, that's going to do it for us here on the extravaganza we will be back on next wednesday night seven o'clock we pushed it back a half hour due to uh my job that i have that i got to make real money at i got with uh meetings and whatnot but we will be back seven o'clock eastern time next week with another edition of the captain lou extravaganza and also tuesday night again with the road to st louis and the acha nationals kicking into high gear we're going to be on every week now from here on till March on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock as well, too. All right, Captain Lou saying keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Thanks for joining us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, powered up by Belly Up Sports. So long.